Join me for a hymn sing at the 2023 Issues Etc. Making the Case Conference, Friday, June 16th, and Saturday, June 17th, at Concordia University, Chicago. This year's theme, Things Above. Learn more and register at issuesetc.org. The Word of the Lord Endures Forever is brought to you in part by the Lutheran Heritage Foundation. LHF is a recognized service organization of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, dedicated to translating and publishing the books of our Lutheran faith into more than 100 languages for our Christian brothers and sisters around the world. Learn how you can take part in their work at lhfmissions.org. Welcome to The Word of the Lord Endures Forever with Pastor Will Wheaton. Jesus is using an instance like that where you sit down where you don't belong and have to face the embarrassment of being moved. The simple solution he proposes might be summed up with, don't presume on your own importance, be humble. The Word of the Lord Endures Forever is a daily verse-by-verse Bible study with the church, past and present. Pastor Whedon is leading us in a study of the Gospel of St. Luke. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Greetings, people loved by God. In our previous study, Jesus had been asked to dinner on the Sabbath day at the house of one of the rulers of the Pharisees. And Jesus, despite the growing opposition he was getting from the Pharisees, accepted the invitation. He is always bent on saving folks, whether they realize how much they need saving or not. But he no sooner darkens the door than he realizes he's been set up because all the Pharisees there, they're watching him like a hawk and placed right before Jesus where he cannot miss him, a man, a poor man, suffering horribly from dropsy or as we'd say, edema. He's swelling up and his body is no longer able to process the fluid. So think of congestive heart failure or kidney failure, something along those lines. A man for whom just basic moving around was sheer misery because of the way he just couldn't get his breath. Jesus realizes the trap, but confronts matters directly. He just says, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath day or not? But there is no answer to his question. His opponents are silent. Jesus wasn't about to let that stand in the way of him showing his father's tender mercy to that poor man. He healed him and sent him on his way, which also shows that the man wasn't actually expected to be one of the dinner guests. He was summoned there precisely for Jesus to fall into this trap. Jesus confronts their hypocrisy in finding fault with him for this by the way they treat their own son or ox if it had fallen into a well. And, well, remember, well is a great analogy of the horrible internal drowning, which characterizes dropsy. They can't really answer him because every one of them would help out someone they loved or something they valued, Sabbath or not. The continuation of the Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 14th chapter, beginning at verse 7. Now he told a parable to those who were invited when he noticed how they chose the places of honor, saying to them, When you are invited by someone to a wedding feast, Do not sit down in a place of honor, lest someone more distinguished than you be invited by him, and he who invited you both will come and say to you, give your place to this person, and then you will begin with shame to take the lowest place. 
But when you are invited, go and sit in the lowest place, so that when your host comes, he may say to you, Friend, move up higher. Then you will be honored in the presence of all who sit at table with you. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. Luke 14, verses 7 through 11. Let us pray. Grant, we beg you, Almighty God, to us and to your whole church, your Holy Spirit, and the wisdom that comes down from above, that your word may not be bound, but a free course, and be preached and taught to the joy and the edifying of Christ's holy people, that in steadfast faith we may serve you, and in the confession of your name abide to our end. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you, and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. So you're ready to think your way through today's passage. Let's get into it. Verse 7. Now he told a parable to those who were invited when he noticed how they chose the places of honor, saying to them. Remember that this chapter began with Jesus being closely watched by those who had invited him to the Sabbath dinner. And what they got to see was a man who had been suffering from dropsy suddenly and miraculously made whole. It was awesome. But now we learn that they're not the only ones watching. Jesus was also a careful observer, but what he saw in return was nothing so spectacular as what they saw. He watched the way people with an inflated sense of their own importance were jockeying for the best seats, the places of honor at the meal. This is just a different variation on the same game his disciples would play when they asked, who's the greatest? See Luke 22, verse 24 and following. The supreme irony, of course, is that in Jesus, we're actually meeting the one who created us and all things. This is God in the flesh, really and fully. And yet, he invariably chooses the low seat. He always heads down the servant path. It shows up from his lowly birth in Bethlehem all the way to where he is crucified on Calvary, where he serves us all by bearing the entire load of our sin. As he would say in Luke 22, verse 27, I am among you as one who serves. So he decides to tell his parable, and it is a parable. Remember, not a lesson on how to manipulate others. And the parable is told to get us to join him on his servant's path. Listen, verse 8. When you are invited by someone to a wedding feast, do not sit down in a place of honor, lest someone more distinguished than you be invited by him. Okay, first thing. Note that wedding feast. Because Christ really did come to invite you to the great wedding feast. He's the bridegroom of his church, after all, and he never wants us to forget that. They thought they had invited Jesus to a feast, but the truth is Jesus showed up at their feast to give them a participation in the very joy of heaven itself. That is, eating and drinking with him in his presence. And how many times does Jesus return to this image of the wedding feast? It's constantly on his heart and mind. This is eternal life, after all, to be with him, to listen to him, to feast our eyes on him. So whether they realize it or not, 
This parable has direct application to their lives at that very moment. His point here is that it is a privilege and an honor merely to be invited to his wedding feast as a guest. But ask yourself, what kind of a guest is going to strut in and push his way through to the head table and sit down as if he were the big cheese? Jesus says, don't set yourself up for public humiliation by that kind of behavior. What public humiliation? Well, listen, verse 9. And he who invited you both will come and say to you, give your place to this person, and then you will begin with shame to take the lowest place. The seating arrangements at a wedding aren't really in your hands as a guest, are they? I still remember something that happened at my niece's wedding banquet. When we entered, we were surprised to find that my sister-in-law had actually quite intentionally moved folks out of their family groups. My children were not sitting with us at our table. There was a place for everyone, of course, but Deb decided who was going to sit where. My introverted eldest daughter and my youngest daughter were neither amused, and they tried to sit with us, but Aunt Deb came right up to them and moved them from our table to where she had assigned a place for them with people that Deb thought they would actually enjoy getting to know. And you know what? They did. But I still remember the panicked look on my oldest daughter's face that day. Jesus is using an instance like that where you sit down where you don't belong and have to face the embarrassment of being moved. The simple solution he proposes might be summed up with, don't presume on your own importance, be humble. Hence verse 10. But when you are invited, go and sit in the lowest place, so that when your host comes, he may say to you, friend, move up higher. Then you will be honored in the presence of all who sit at table with you. So when you are invited, says Jesus, go take the lowest place. This is not because you're angling for your host to publicly honor you, but because you actually realize that being invited to the wedding is an honor all by itself. You're just happy to be there, and you're not focused on yourself. You're just celebrating the joy of the day. But then when your host sees you there, the host may well say, oh, no, 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 I got a seat for you up here. And then you realize there is honor among the guests. They'll realize that to the host, you're a person of importance but also a person who did not have any inflated sense of self-worth. So Jesus' grand conclusion here is verse 11. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. Now, if we parse out the passives there, I think we realize he meant that if you exalt yourself, God will take care of humbling you, and contrarywise, if you humble yourself, God will delight to exalt you. Think about this saying of Jesus in the light of Philippians 2. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross." Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Jesus knows 
he has zero need to try to exalt himself. That's the father's job. His job is to be the joyful servant all the way to his cross. And that's the pattern which he invites his hearers into with this particular story. You'll be humble, but God take care of exaltation. That's where we're going to call our quits for today. Next time, Jesus will instruct the man who invited him to the feast that the fellow really ought to have invited those who can't repay his kindness, not those who can. And then God will take care of repayment at the resurrection of the just. And the mention of the resurrection leads another guest to observe that those who are going to eat bread in the kingdom of God will truly be blessed. No doubt, said with a bit of wistfulness. Jesus then starts off another parable by asking, Yeah, really think so? Most people don't seem to. And so the parable of the great banquet. All about the man who fixes the big feast that people only have to show up for and enjoy. But his invitation just receives one excuse after another about why they just can't come. So the man is righteously angry and sends servants out to gather the very sorts of people Jesus had just been describing, the ones who can't repay. And when there is still room, the servants are sent out one more time to urge folks to come on in and join the feast. Sadly, Jesus says, none of those who had first been invited, here that is the Jews, and spurned the invitation, would actually be able to taste the goodness of that feast. Till next time, people loved by God, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Word of the Lord Endures Forever with Pastor Will Whedon. The Word of the Lord Endures Forever is a listener-supported program. You can donate by check, make your check payable to The Word Endures, and send it to Box 616, Collinsville, Illinois, 62234. You can also make a secure online contribution at thewordendures.org. The Word of the Lord Endures Forever is a production of LPR, Lutheran Public Radio.